You're tuned in to The Todd Coconado Show, otherwise known as The Remnant, one of the most listened to podcasts in the Christian community. You can visit our website, toddcoconado.com, and now broadcasting live around the world from Music City, USA, Nashville, Tennessee, here's the host of the show, Pastor Todd Coconado. All right, everybody, welcome to the broadcast. Pastor Todd Coconado here. Thank you for tuning in. We are going to the danger zone. Oh, yeah. Are you ready? All right. Thank you for tuning in today. Listen, we're going to talk about uh, something that I think is going to help a lot of people today. And I, one of the, my favorite things as a pastor to talk about, and I haven't gotten a lot of opportunity to talk about some of these things because of all the battles that we've been in for the last couple of years, and we're still in a battle. But why don't we take a break from politics and some of the things going on in our world, if you don't mind. I know many people are kind of overloaded with all that stuff anyways. And some of you are like, oh, please talk about that. Well, we will, we will, but not today. Because today I want to talk about this whole jockeying for position thing that's going on. What do you mean, Pastor Todd? Well, see, even in the church, there's a lot of people that are trying to jockey for position. And I think everybody's a little bit guilty of this at times, but I think with social media and with comparison and with all the pressures in modern life, it's, it's really infiltrated the church. And so I think it's something that we got to recognize and uh, really work hard at, at not doing this because I think that it really takes away from what God wants to do in our life. And what I mean by that is everybody has their own unique special calling. Everybody. In fact, I cannot be you. Even if, as hard as I try, I can't be you. There's a lot of people in my orbit, people that I look up to, pastors and leaders in my life that are elders and mentors, and there's definitely attributes of their ministry and their persona, their personality that I respect and I honor, and certain things that I would like to be more like. Like, for instance, if somebody's super humble, I'm like, wow, that's an awesome quality. I'd I'd definitely like to be, you know, more like that. Um, you know, if somebody's really astute in the Word of God, they know the Old Testament really well. Okay, that's something I'd love to do. I'd love to know the Old Testament better. But I think a lot of times what we do is we mimic. And I know that's a form of flattery, but it, it can be a danger because we can get caught up in the weeds in this because that's not our calling. All of us have a unique and special calling. And so what social media has done is it's caused a lot of us to just compare our lives with everybody else And this also translates over to the Christian world and our calling. You say, well, I'm not called. Well, of course you are. Of course you're called. If you're a Christian, you're called to go and make disciples of all the nations. The Lord has has definitely anointed you with gifts and talents and a certain DNA from your life experiences that you actually have a key that can help many people out there. You may not know this yet, but you do. And one of the big lessons that I've learned over the years is not to get so much in somebody else's orbit that I start pretending to be like them or trying so hard to be like them that I miss what God has for me. Because I think this is what happens. And a lot of people spin their wheels and get caught up on the wrong journey. And then they have to come back later on. They just waste time because they're trying to be like somebody else. For instance, there are certain ministry leaders out there and they have disciples that they make. And then you know, it's good, again, because they're making disciples. They're, they're doing what the Lord tells us to do, go and make disciples. So they're doing that. But some of the disciples, they're, they're, it's almost like they idolize the person that they're following. And that 
is not right. We can't idolize anybody, even if it's a preacher, even if it's somebody that's been a major influence in our life. We can learn from them. They can be our, our teacher, our rabbi, our pastor, you know, but, but ultimately we have to walk in the calling that God has for our life specifically. And I think this is, if we can do this and hone in on this and inquire of the Lord on this, we're going to save ourselves a lot of extra um, pain, suffering, uh, because when, when, when you compare yourself or you're trying to be like someone else, the problem is you're not going to be able to achieve that because that's not who you are. You're not meant to be that person. Now, there's some people I'm very similar to. Uh, I, I can tell you, like uh, Evangelist Mario Murillo, uh, I really relate to a lot of his ministry. Uh, we, we can go and hang out and have a great time because we're so similar in many ways. You know, we love the harvest. We're evangelists. Uh, we're, we're both outspoken. You know, there's a lot of different things that are similar. But I'm going to tell you right now, I can't fill his shoes. And you know what? He can't fill mine. And I say that in all humility. Although he's a great man of God, he can't fill my shoes. And I'm, I'm giving you this example because I want you to think about this in your life. Who have you compared yourself to? Now, there's people, again, that are similar. They're in your alignment. Uh, they're people that you relate to. That's fine. That's good. In fact, like-minded people, that's who we want to hang around, right? We want to hang around people that are on fire for the Lord, that love the Lord. But the whole comparison thing and the jockeying for position in the body of Christ, this has to be addressed. And I think this is going to be very freeing to somebody who hears this teaching today and who understands that you were fearfully and wonderfully made very specifically, very unique. I have a little daughter. She's three years old. And I'm going to tell you something. She's got a little bit of my wife. She's got a little bit of me. But there's some qualities of her that I don't know where she got. Okay, she is very unique. And you can see that even at an early age. She's got a unique characteristic, a unique personality, many unique characteristics. And so what I'm saying is God has made you special, and many of us think that we're not good enough. And so this is where, and again, you know, when you mimic somebody or you, uh, you know, you're trying to be like somebody, I know that's flattery to the person if they look at it the right way. You know, it's not like you're trying to do something bad. I mean, I don't think you're sitting out there trying to you know, mimic bad habits of people, you're probably trying to mimic good habits. And again, sometimes that's okay. But we have to just remember we're not that person and we're never going to be that person. And that's exactly how it's supposed to be because you're special. And so there are certain things about you that you have maybe for years tried to bury or, you know, tried to, and, and maybe these are bad habits. Bad habits, of course, that's a good thing to do is to get rid of those bad habits. But I'm talking about something that maybe it's not even a bad habit. It's just something that you have not seen anybody else do. And so therefore you think you're weird or you think, you know, hey, I don't want to be looked at as a, you know, somebody who's weird or strange because no one else does this. But see, a lot of times it's that very thing that God has put in you for a unique purpose for your calling. A lot of the things that I walk through as a young person have really equipped me for the ministry that I'm in today. Now I'm talking things that were like 30 something years ago, maybe even longer, maybe 40 years ago, you know, I'm talking about years ago, things that I had to walk through in my life that at the time made absolute no sense. And some of them were very painful things and painful memories, but the Lord has used what was meant for evil and he's turned it around for good. You know, I, I talked to a lot of people and I'll tell you, a lot of people have had molestation as a child. A lot of people have had things happen in their childhood 
Maybe they were abused. They had abusive father, alcoholic father, drug addict father, mother. Somebody abandoned them. Maybe you were abandoned by both your parents. You know, all different types of really difficult situations. And those situations can scar you for life. But I'm going to tell you something. The Lord wants to turn around the worst things that have happened to you and use them for the kingdom and use them for the glory of the kingdom, for him, for his glory. See, because those things redeemed in Christ, even though they're painful, can be the very things that set other people free. You've been through a divorce. You've been through, you know, multiple divorces. You've been through, um, you know, your own situation, like I said, as a child, where you were molested or something happened to you. Uh, You know, you had an abortion. You were an ex-drug addict. Maybe you're an ex-alcoholic. You know, things that you may be ashamed of or things that you try to forget about, and that's understandable because the Lord forgets about those things when you throw them in the sea of forgetfulness, you repent of your sins. But some of those things can actually be used right now in your ministry. You say, Pastor Todd, what ministry? I'm not a minister. Yes, but you have a ministry. I want every remnant warrior to understand that you have a calling, you have a ministry, and you have a purpose. And, and when you compare, you say, well, I don't have the followers that this person has, or I don't have the, the reach that this person has. Let me tell you something. It all starts somewhere. You know, one day I just got in front of a microphone and started talking because the Lord put things in my spirit that I knew needed to be said. And when I started speaking, something happened. There was an anointing on the things that I was saying And the next thing you know, God started sending people to listen to the things that I was saying. (laughs) That's kind of how it works, you know? But oftentimes we see ourselves as so small or insignificant or we're insecure. And so we don't think that other people are going to want to hear what we have to say, or we don't think that we have a calling or we have, you know, a purpose. And so a lot of times we just rely on others and we, we stay in this perpetual state of, you know, just feeling small and insignificant. And this is what a lot of people are feeling in this hour, small and insignificant. That's exactly what the enemy wants. See, but God wants to turn around anything that's happened in your past for his glory. He wants to redeem anything that was really awful, bad memories, things that you don't even maybe want to think about or talk about. But God wants to not only heal you of those things, but then use them for his glory. I want you to think about this while we go on this break. And I'll be right back. This is the Todd Coconato Show. Very important conversation. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Todd Coconut Show around the world. You're live from Nashville, Tennessee, and we're talking about jockeying for someone else's position. Oh my goodness, this is happening all over the body of Christ right now. People want to be somebody else. Oh, if I could just have that person's life, if I could just have that person's followers, that person's family, look at me. I don't have what they have. It's actually a pity party, I have to tell you. But a lot of people are dealing with this. It's a very real situation. And I'm not here to make fun of you if you're going through this because I want to tell you more people are going through this than aren't right now. More people are comparing themselves today than probably ever before in history. And of course, a big factor in that is social media. You look on Instagram, you look on TikTok, you look on 
Facebook, you know, you see people's lives. They look so good. They look good. They, you know, they use filters. Okay, now now it's like everybody is, remember when like in the 80s, you, you look at a magazine cover and you'd be like, wow, you know, Brooke Shields, she looks amazing. Well, you know, they were using filters back then and they were, you know, brushing, you know, airbrushing the photos. Well, that's what they're doing today. It, it, now, everybody does this. They use the filters and all these different things to make themselves just look absolutely amazing. And so here you are, you're looking at this person that you know on one of these social media sites. You're like, wow, look at them. Oh my gosh, look at her husband. He's a good looking guy. Wow, th- their life is amazing. It's amazing. And, th- and, then, and then we look at ourselves and see we don't have the filter when we look at our own life. So we're looking at our life and we're the only one that really knows our life, you know, 100% other than God. And so we're looking at our life, we're comparing it to what we're seeing in this perfect persona, the very best foot forward person on, on social media. <laughs> and it's not comparable. Of course, it's not comparable. It's not supposed to be comparable because it's not reality. And maybe God has given me a special insight to this because I was in Hollywood for so many years and I saw a lot of the celebrities up close and personal. And I'd say nine times out of 10, most of them looked far worse in person. And uh, I would actually be shocked at how short they were or how many blemishes they had. Some of them had acne. I, you know, you couldn't see it on the film. But all of a sudden, you're like, wow, their skin's bad. You know, or, or they, that's not at all how they look on that movie. Of course, well, there's filters, there's lenses, there's, you know, all different types of techniques that Hollywood can use to make somebody look amazing. And then you see them in real life. And, and the other aspect of it that I saw was that they, they weren't happy, a lot of them. In fact, most of them. Most of them dealt with uh, MPD, multiple personality disorder. It's something very prevalent in Hollywood. Uh, you would see a lot of people that were very depressed. That's why many of them get addicted to drugs and alcohol. It's part of the lifestyle. Because when you ascertain a certain amount of popularity, notoriety in the world, you know the world attributes that to success. But when you're the actual person and you're living the life out, you know the pressure and you know that it's not what it appears. And so you're basically living this, this lie. It's like this whole persona that you have to upkeep, you know, every time you're out and people are constantly, you know, they're running up to you and they want your autograph, they want pictures with you. And what always shocked me, and it still shocks me today, is that a lot of times people just want the picture. They don't even care about you. It's like they come up and they're like, oh my gosh, can I have a picture? Can I have a picture? And then they take the picture and they walk away. They don't even try to talk to, like, hello, we're human beings. Like, I'm a human being. I want you to say hi, you know? <laughs> Um, so that's, that's something that happens now. It doesn't happen to me as much as a lot of other people, but it still does happen to me. And, um, you know, just remember that. So, you know, people want to take pictures and I go to a lot of pastors conferences and while they're good and I learn a lot and, and there's encouragement and friendships and things that happen at those places. A lot of times what I notice nowadays is that people want pictures, especially with a lot of the big pastors. And it's very similar to what I used to deal with in Hollywood. Very similar, which is interesting to me. This is the Christian community. So there's a lot of things in the Christian community that look very similar to the world. And I'm hoping that in this come out from among them period where the ecclesia is arising, the remnant is rising, that we can look at some of these things and say, you know what, maybe I shouldn't idolize somebody. Maybe I should, you know, doesn't the Bible say not to idolize? Maybe I should keep my eyes on God instead of idolizing man. And maybe I, you know, need to just... um kind of put things into perspective everybody else's life isn't better than mine now this this is very important because if you're single you do this a lot when you see some of your married friends some of your friends that are in dating relationships and you look at their 
you know, their boy, boyfriend or their girlfriend. And they're like, wow, why can't I get somebody like that? You know? And, and I did this, so I'm just sharing with you what I did. And I know many of you do this as well because you just, you know, it's, it's, it's part of our human condition is comparison. And so we, we look and, well, maybe I'm not as good looking as that person or maybe that's why or, you know, there, there's something wrong with me. And that's why I'm not, you know, it's, no one likes me right now or I can't seem to attract the type, the type of people that I like. And so this is a problem. It's comparison. God has somebody very unique and special. You know, when I met my, my wife, she wasn't like a lot of the people that I had previously dated. In fact, she was much different. There were certain things that she was a little bit like, but for the most part, she was very different. But there was something about her that really stuck out to me. Now, we've been married for a while now, and I still am unpacking a gift that God has given me. There's so many layers and so many things where I look at my wife and my daughter and I just think, my goodness, I am so blessed. But see, there was a time when the enemy was trying to mess with my head and I had to get that under control. And I'm sharing this with you very personally because the grass is not greener on the other side. And so, you know, when you get married and you're married for a little while, the devil will try to creep in and try to make it look like your life isn't as good as somebody else's because it's not glamorous. You know, when you're, when you're dealing with a day by day in a relationship and you're with, you know, you're raising kids and you're, you're in a home you know, somebody's not going to look like they just walked out of the salon every five seconds. You know, I mean, you're going to deal with every, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. That's what it is. You're married for better or for worse, right? For richer or for poorer. But see, when, when everything that's being compared in your life, everybody's putting their best foot forward on social media, you can, you can really get in your head and think, maybe I got a bad deal or something, you know? And I just want to encourage you, when I, when I rebuked those thoughts that the devil was trying to attack me with, it changed everything. It changed my marriage. It changed my relationships. It, not just my wife, everything. Because I actually became a much happier person because I started realizing, oh my gosh, I'm blessed. Like God has given me such blessings in my life. Wow. I mean, I need to thank him for these things instead of being angry or thinking that I got a bad deal. Now, why am I being so transparent with you? Because every person, especially men, but women too, deal with this. You compare and you say, why is that person's spouse get it and mine doesn't? Well, the grass is often greener on the other side because we're not watering our own lawn. We've got to water our own lawn. Jockeying for positions, comparison, these are things that we have to get over because guess what they are? They're flesh. It's flesh. And it's often the devil trying to make us feel like what God has blessed us with, it's not enough. It's not good enough. When instead, if we would water that lawn or we would perform well at that position that we're in right now, God would open another door. If we would walk in there grateful, thanking the Lord for what he's done in, in, the, in the season where you're in the waiting, God is ready to open a new door. I'm telling you, this is, this is a huge breakthrough if somebody gets this today. So you gotta, you gotta really listen to what the Lord's speaking here today, okay? This is a big deal. So listen, I gotta go to a break, but we're gonna, we're gonna really get into this further in the next two segments. Stay tuned. This is the Todd Coconado Show. You can find us at Pastor Todd. PastorTodd.org. We'll be right back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Yes, this is the Todd Coconado Show. Very important subject matter today. We're talking about jockeying for positions. 
being in comparison to other people, it's a real stronghold. It's a real problem. Yet so many people are doing it. All right, let me get back to that pastor's conference I was talking about. So again, many pastor's conferences that I attend, it's the same thing. But people want to take pictures with the well-known pastors, and that's fine. I'm not against that. I mean, I get it. I do it too. I'm just saying, just be careful in that. Just be careful to make sure your heart's in the right place. Uh, but the other thing is is jockeying for position. You know, trying to trying to strategically place yourself. You know, and and it's not the Lord. And I think of the scripture. It says, you know, unless the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain. I've had to learn this hard lesson, ladies and gentlemen. I've had to learn this hard lesson. Because a lot of times God will give us a vision and then we in our flesh, especially if we're doers, we want to make that vision happen. And so what we do is we start thinking of ways that we can maybe do what God just said he was going to do. But here's, here's what I've learned is that if you just show up and say, Lord, use me and be about his business and be in his spirit, you don't have to manipulate. You don't have to try to do something that you, know, you think is going to benefit yourself. Because those things are going to be short-lived. It's not going to be the door, you know, that, that God is wanting to open. It's not the God door. You'll know when it's the God door because it'll be spirit-empowered. Like, you'll just know. You'll be like, this is God. Like, he did this. I couldn't have done this. There's been many things in my life that, that's like that, where it's like, he connected me with somebody. I didn't do it. I have no idea how I even got connected with the person. Somehow I just did. Um, that was a God door. You know, and he, he aligned me with somebody, or he opened a door, or he... He made a way where it didn't seem like there would be a way. And then all of a sudden, here I am with that person or, you know, something happened. But I've also experienced this, again, me being transparent, where I've thought in my flesh, like, wow, that would be beneficial to me or to the ministry if, you know, I could maybe somehow forge a friendship with that person, that individual. Well, first of all, people are like bloodhounds. They can sense that, number one. And number two, those, those types of relationships, unless you get in the right spirit, and, and you realize, hey, I better lay this before the Lord and let him lead this and let him, you know, open this door. Because if you're trying to push a door open, it's not going to work. It's just not going to work. Don't, don't ever think it's going to work if you push it on your own strength. It has to be the Lord. And in fact, oftentimes, that's when we really get ourselves in a bad situation or when we burn ourselves. Relationships are the same way. You know, if you're trying to force a relationship, you're trying to manipulate a relationship, you know, maybe you're single and you want to, you know, you want to be with this person and you manipulate your way. That will never work. It will never end up working because it's built on a bad foundation. It has to be built on the right foundation. It has to be built on the strong foundation. It has to be built on God's foundation. Three-strand cord is not easily broken. If, if, if the Lord builds the house, you're going to be like that tree that's planted by the water. You will not be moved. If you're in a God-ordained relationship, God is going to make a way through it. Now, there's a lot of people that, you know, they're married and they say, well, yeah, but this isn't the right relationship. This isn't the God relationship. Well, are you married? Yes. Okay, then it is. Now, I'm obviously not a supporter of somebody who's in, uh, you know, a, a, if you're in an abusive relationship, you need to get out. Physically abusive, get out. Protect yourself. Uh, doesn't mean you have to get divorced right away, but you definitely need to get out of the situation. I'm a very big supporter of people. Uh, that, you know, do that type of thing. They, they get themselves out of a very bad, toxic relationship. I can understand that. I know a lot of people in the church aren't um, kind to people like yourself if you're in one of those relationships. And I'm very sorry for the way the church is. The Bible is very clear that there are situations where it's fine to get a divorce. 
So I'm not, you know, I'm not an advocate of divorce. I don't like divorce. I don't recommend divorce, but there's certain situations where you don't have a choice because the person is unwilling to change. They're demonized and they're attacking you physically. Yeah, you got to get out of that. So, you know, if that's you, you can reach out to me. We'd, we'd be happy to help you walk through that situation. You know, some of you are probably in that type of situation right now. I just want you to know we are with you. We stand with you. And as a pastor, I will never advocate for you to stay in an abusive relationship. But that being said, there's some people that are just comparing or jockeying or wanting to have a better life. And so your husband, maybe he's not the perfect person, um, you know, but he's, he's still not a bad person. He just doesn't quite get it. He's not where you're at. Or maybe this is your wife that I'm talking about. But, you know, you're more mature in your faith. You're, you're, you, you know, you're able to enter into the presence of God. Not as easy for them, okay? It could be unequal yogage, yes. But if you're married, there's a way to work through this, and that's by contending and fighting for your spouse in prayer and believing for the breakthrough. Uh, you can't just bail out on them if they haven't done any of the things that the Bible talks about you know, that warrant a divorce. If you do that prematurely and you, and you do get a divorce thinking that it's going to be a benefit, oftentimes because you didn't do the right thing in that situation and, and you weren't long-suffering, then you know, you'll have vain imaginations of thinking something better is going to happen. And I've seen it where people have actually gotten into worse situations where then they do end up with a, somebody who's addicted to pornography or they end up with somebody who's abusive. And then they look back and they're like, oh my gosh, my situation actually wasn't as bad as I thought it was. I kind of wish I was with my ex now because this is horrible. But see, that's because that's a vain imagination. That's a, you, you, were, you were comparing yourself to other people and, it, and you, it started as just a thought, something that you long gazed at, something that you stared at. And what happened is in time, it, it manifested fully and eventually you got out of a relationship that you weren't meant to get out of. So this is where we have to be very careful because again, this comparison thing is big. Um, another, another aspect of this is people will get into deep, deep debt trying to you know keep up with the neighbors, to keep up with your friends. And so there maybe in a job where it's not as big of a deal for them to buy these very expensive things, maybe have a nice car, nice clothes, and you're hanging out and you want to be on the same level. So to you, you think, well, I need to maintain this persona. And so I'm going to just use my credit card until I redline it. until I max it out in order to keep up with them. Well, that's not, that's, there's no sustainability in that either. You're going to get yourself in a very bad situation. You say, but pastor, I have to, I have to keep up. No, you really don't. See, this is the whole thing is like what I started learning, and this is interesting. Again, I've hung out with celebrities my whole life pretty much since I was a kid. You know, I've known a lot of, you know, really well-known people. And what you'll find out is a lot of those people don't even wear really expensive clothes. A lot of those people, you know, they just, they go to like a normal store and just buy normal stuff. And, and, and here people are thinking they have to spend like, you know, Bloomingdale, Saks Fifth Avenue money just to, just to be at a certain level in society. And then you got the people like that that dress like bums. Honestly, they dress, you know, I don't mean to say bums, but you know what I'm saying. They, they don't dress nicely. They just buy a normal t-shirt, you know, and because they're a celebrity, you think, oh, wow, that t-shirt must be expensive. So it's all, it's all a persona. It's all how you see it. But, but you have to stay within your means. I have to stay within my means. This is what's been a blessing here at this ministry is that even though we operate as a big ministry, we still, we don't spend over our means. Because if we did, we'd be in trouble. And we have to know our limitations, but also know that we serve a big God. And he does provide. But at the same time, if I was out there, you know, flying around on private jets and trying to keep up, keep up with some of these other pastors, you know, this wouldn't last. 
okay? I have to humble myself before the Lord and realize, hey, just because that person lives that way or just because that person does these things, that doesn't mean that's my journey, and that's okay because I can be real and authentic and just be who I'm supposed to be. And that's, that's really the whole message here is, is that we are meant to be somebody special, and that's ourselves. We're not meant to compare. Don't put yourself in debt trying to compare with somebody. Or, or maybe, you know, because you have a bad perspective of yourself, you have a bad self-image, you think that you have to go to Bloomingdale's and, and spend thousands of dollars, you know, on purses and shoes and outfits just to, just to have, you know, feel good about yourself. You don't have to do that. I want you to understand that you are just perfect the way you are right now. I'm not saying you shouldn't work on yourself. I'm not saying that, you know, we don't always work to better ourselves and become a stronger Christian and go deeper in our walk. But what I'm saying is look in the mirror and say, you know what, I'm enough because God is enough and because I serve the God that is enough. And that's who I am. I am full in him. I'm complete in him. Even as a single, you know, it's going to be nice when I get married. But right now I'm, I'm full. I'm full because I have the Lord and he's enough. I'm confident in myself. I don't, I'm not ugly. I'm not too short. I'm not too fat. I'm not too skinny. I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm okay. I'm good. And be happy and be content. Now, again, I'm not saying you can't work out. I'm not saying you don't do things to better yourself. I mean, do those things. Be, it makes you feel better about you. That's fine. I encourage people to work out. I encourage people to walk and run and, you know, put, put on makeup. If, you know, you don't have to just be totally like, you know, if some Christians just don't do anything at all to help their appearance. Well, I don't think that's helpful either because then you have a bad self-image and, you know, you kind of cause it because you're not taking care of yourself. So I would say take care of yourself, but just don't make that an idol either to where you think like you're not good enough, you're not pretty enough or whatever, because you are. There is going to be somebody, single, listen to me, that, that's going to see you and say, that's, that's, that person is beautiful. That person is exactly the person I want to be with. I'm telling you, when the Lord brought me and my wife, it was like, we just knew, you know, and people, and I heard that my whole life, like, we just knew, we just knew, and I was always like, I want my, we just knew, you know, and I, for years, I was waiting, I was waiting, I'm like, is this ever going to happen, and then it happened, and I was like, yep, I just knew, she just knew, and we're best friends, and, you know, we compliment each other, but we're not the same, we're very different, very different, and that's another thing, opposites attract, but some people have unrealistic expectations and they're, they're trying because they're, they're looking at this whole Instagram, TikTok, you know, social media persona of others. And you're thinking you have to achieve a certain level to make you feel good about yourself. And I'm going to tell you that is a false reality. Somebody needs to hear this. That's a false reality. Another thing that people want to do today is they don't want to put in the time to, to get elevated, you know, by the Lord. You know, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. He will lift you up. For many years, I was a servant. I'm still a servant. But I mean, like I served other ministries. I served other ministers. I was a armor bearer. I, you know, no, people didn't even know my name. Uh, I was a greeter. And, and, and so I started cleaning the church and doing things that, you know, weren't super glamorous. But I knew that the Lord saw and I knew others would also see my heart to serve. And when you have that type of servant's heart, the Lord does something in opening doors and lifting you up. And I remember I was in a prayer room one time and I was just holding hands with people, praying, in a, like it was like a prayer meeting. And, and somebody said to me, you know, I really feel like you're meant to be on the radio. 
Now, it's funny because as a child, I would always, you know, pretend to be on the radio and uh, it was something that I always thought about, but this person didn't know that. And I wasn't jockeying for any type of position. I was in a prayer circle in Chatsworth, California, and somebody says to me, the Lord just spoke to me and I think you're supposed to be the host of a show on KKLA. Will you pray about this? And I looked at them and I was like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about, me? And they're like, yeah, I think you need to be on KKLA. I have a show called Hollywood Live. We want to, I think you're the host. The Lord just spoke to me. Will you pray about it? I said, yeah, I'll pray about it. I prayed about it. And I realized the Lord was doing something. He had opened this door. And that was the beginning of my time in radio, which is now many, many years. But there was a God door. I didn't jockey for that position. Now, I'm going to tell you a story after the break of times where I did jockey and I had to wait many, many years. So, uh, there's, there's two different things to this. So we got, we got to know the whole thing. So hopefully you're getting something from this. I'm being very transparent today, but I think this is going to help a lot of people. This is the Todd Coconato show, www.toddcoconato.com or pastortodd.org. I'll be right back. Rock of ages will never sound the same. All right. Wow, the in and the out was like night and day on that one, right? Now we got uh, like a Dr. Dre beat. The other one was uh, old school. It was the Isaacs. I love the Isaacs, by the way. All right. Yeah, because we have all different types of people that listen to this broadcast, by the way. So we got to be, you know, got to play a little something for all y'all. But um, anyway, welcome back. Listen, this is the last segment, but I really, I just hope that you're getting something out of this today. We can't try to compare ourselves to somebody else. We are unique. We are special. We are different, and there's a lot of jockeying. I see it all over, jockeying for positions, people trying to position themselves, you know, in the right place, but they're like, hey, you know, I want to be, I want to be like that person. I want their anointing. I want their, you know, there's, there's actually people that go to other grave sites. Have you heard about this? And they're trying to like suck the anointing up from the grave. Yeah, don't do that. That's weird, and that's not of God, by the way. You don't need to do that. You can't, no one else can be you. You can't be anybody else. There's certain attributes, certain things that are similar, as I said, but ultimately you're very special. Your relationship is very special, whether you're married or you're looking to get married. It's going to be special. Who you're with, you're inside your home is very important. Spending time with that person, making sure that you turn off some of the social media sometimes and you really engage and that you're present. And even if it's boring as can be, and I'm going to tell you, some of the things that my wife likes, I don't like. And she talks to me about them, and I'm like, you know. But the thing is, is like, I need to be present, and it's important to her, and because I love her, I need to take interest in it. And if I do that, there's going to be a reward in that, because she's going to see that I care, and that's going to, she's going to respond in that way, and it's going to be reciprocal. And so that's the thing. But when we're comparing, or we think the grass is greener, somebody else's spouse is better or prettier or they have a better job or better position and their house is better, their car is better, everything's better. No, it's not. It's all a fake persona. That's what social media has done. And I think we need to break this thing right now, today, because this comparison thing will get us in trouble and it will lead us down a path that takes us a long time to recover. So I told you I'd share uh, in this segment of the show of times that that's happened. So there were times in the ministry. I've been in the ministry for, you know, over 24 years now, I think. And even when I was younger, my mom was a traveling evangelist when she got saved and I would go with her. 
And so I've, I've seen in ministry for a long time. And, you know, I, I grew up in a church. I mean, I've seen churches. I've seen the good, the bad, the ugly. I've been hurt in churches. Um, I remember when I first got saved, I thought, because I knew I had a calling on my life, and people were prophesying this, that, you know, I was meant to preach right there and then. And I was trying to position myself because, again, people were prophesying over me, you have a calling. I knew God had saved my life. Of course, those of you that know my testimony know, you know, I got stabbed nine times. I was saved from that. You know, God spared my life, took me into his presence. So I was ready. So I showed up. So it's like, okay, well, here I am. You know, I, you need to make, you know, you need to make me your preacher next week. I need to preach in your service. And the, the pastor would look at me and be like, what are you talking about? You know, you don't even have any school. You just became a Christian. You think I'm going to put you behind the pulpit? But that's what I thought. That's what I thought because, see, I showed up and God had spared my life and I felt the anointing and I felt the Holy Spirit and I just, like, was ready. And so at that point in my life, this is many, many years ago, I feel like I was trying to make something happen that God had a later time stamp for. He want, You know, this was going to happen. It was going to happen like the people had prophesied. It was going to happen where he was going to open the doors. He did give me an anointing, but, but it was in his timing. And a lot of times today, we want to skip for all the, you know, we just want to skip forward from all the other stuff that God wants us to learn. But if we do that, then we're not going to get the very great lessons that we need. You know, it's kind of like uh, David that has lion and his bear. We need that lion and bear experience in order for us to later then fight Goliath. But if we just fast forward and we don't have the lion and bear, and then all of a sudden we're right there facing Goliath, we're not going to know what to do. This is what a lot of people are doing. That's why people, that, that they push themselves up. They build their own kingdom instead of God's kingdom. And some people are very talented, or they're very attractive, or there are certain things that they, they use to their advantage to position themselves, and then all of a sudden they're in this position, but they're way too green to be able to handle it, and they just get eaten alive. And some people fall away from the Lord and don't even come back. And that's a very dangerous thing. So jockeying for position, listen, unless the Lord builds the house, you labor in vain. Unless the Lord builds the ministry, you're not going to have the anointing. You're not going to be able to accomplish the things that God wants you to accomplish. He's got to build the house. He's got to anoint you. It's not somebody else's ministry that you're going to you know, move in there. I've seen people try to come into a church and take it over. I've seen people come in and say, I'm meant to be the pastor of this church. No, you're not. I've seen people come in and say, I'm, I'm meant to be your wife, and, and I'm already married. And say, no, you're not. You're not my wife. I already have a wife. I don't need, you're not my wife. You know, well, the God told me. No, he didn't. You know, maybe, maybe some other God, but not the God of heaven and earth. You know, people will come up to me and they'll say, the Lord told me this. I'll say, what Lord? Lord Vader? Because it wasn't Lord Jesus. So, you know, you just got to be careful because there's a lot of people that think they have all this, everything figured out. They're jockeying for position. It's in their flesh. They're in their flesh. They're way ahead of themselves, and this is why a lot of people that are quote-unquote ministers fall because they, they got way ahead of, they, they just took on way too much. They got ahead of God. They didn't pray. They didn't fast. They didn't spend time in the secret place, and they allowed people to just keep elevating them, elevating them, elevating them. Maybe they have a talent, and so they're, you know, they're really well-spoken or something, and so people are gravitating towards them, and they think it's the Lord, but... They're not spending time in the secret place. They're not spending time in the word of God. They're not getting grounded. They're not getting mentored. They're not getting discipled. And they're not waiting on God. And then what happens is they fall real bad. And I really believe that's one of the big reasons why people fall. Another reason why people fall a lot is because they don't have accountability. We have to have a humble and contrite heart before the Lord. None of us are perfect, but we got to be good repenters. You know, I can think of things that I've just had to so many times just repent of and say, Lord, please, 
Please know my heart. My heart is to serve you. My heart is to be a good father. My heart is to be a good husband. Uh, you know, let me be the best person that I can be. Please, Lord, let me be a good minister. I don't want to mess up. I don't want to let people down. And, and you just got to really humble yourself and get on your face before the Lord. And just, and just this is what God wants of us, church. He, he wants us to be humble. He wants us to be contrite. He wants us to be long-suffering. He wants us to have the fruits of the Spirit. He, he doesn't want us jockeying. He doesn't want us, you know, there's a, people, they, this manipulation thing. Let me tell you one more thing before we go here. People manipulate and they, and they see somebody in a, in a position that they want. And maybe they get a little open door and then all of a sudden they see themselves at that other person's level and they start manipulating so that where they can basically replace that other person. They start going after the other person's anointing. Oh, I'm better than them. You know, I speak better than them. I preach better than them. You know, I should have their position. No, you should not. Not unless the Lord builds the house. If the Lord moves that person out of the way for some reason or they move on to something else and the Lord opens a door and it just so happens that he's calling you to fill that position, that's different. But don't jockey for somebody else's position or think that, hey, that has my name on it. No, it does not. No, it does not. God has something special for you. And by the way, it's better than what you think. It's better than what you can do. It, it, this has got to stop the whole jockeying for position thing in the body and comparing ourselves with others. Again, it's, it's not a bad thing to, to look at people's good qualities and things that you want to be like. I mean, you know, I can think of like Pastor Rodney. You know, I was just down at his church and, you know, he's got an amazing church and the spirit is moving there and he's got a powerful ministry, very powerful ministry. And he's got many disciples and many people that he's raised up over the years and that he's raising up now. And that's great. But I can't be him. I don't want to be him because he's very special and unique and I'm special and unique. And again, I can see good qualities in him and I can look up to him in certain ways and I can learn from things that he's taught and even from his mistakes in the past that he shares. But ultimately, I'm on my own journey. I want to make this very clear to everybody. We're on our own journey. We don't have to jockey for somebody else's position. We don't have to compare ourselves to their ministry. We don't have to have the same ministry. We don't, it doesn't have to look like what they're doing. It, what you have is a unique calling, very special and very different. And so what I'm going to encourage you to do, and I hope that you got something out of this today, is to really press into the Lord and not bury the talents that he's given you and not look at the grass on the other side, but instead water your own lawn. And think about what can I do, Lord, to, to actually give you thanks and glory for what you've already given me and steward it well so that you expand my territory. Because if you steward well what God has given you now, he will expand your territory. If you understand this blessing that he's given you in your current situation, the blessing of your life, the blessing of all the different things that he's given you, the relationships that he's given you, the job that he's given you, the looks that he's given you, the height that he's given you, everything, just start praising him because you're exactly what you need to be as far as those things go. And, and just remember that. And, and then, you know, if there's areas that you need to grow, then yes, Lord, please let me grow in this area. Please show me where I'm wrong. Like be humble before him and be teachable. That's all good. But what I'm saying is you're not going to be the other person that you're looking at on Instagram or on Facebook or on TikTok or on any of these social media sites. You, you can admire certain things about them. And that's very flattering to other people. Hopefully it should be. But at the same time, you're very special and unique and, and no one's going to be you and no one's going to walk in your shoes and no one's going to walk in your calling and no one's going to 
you know, you don't have to be like your neighbor's spouse or like, you know, just understand God is going to give you very special present if he hasn't already as far as your spouse. Very special present already as far as your calling. He's already given it to you. A very special, you know, present that he's going to give you in everything that you need to do on this earth before you go rule and reign in eternity with Jesus Christ. You are unique. You are special. Let me pray with you. Lord, I just want to thank you for this conversation that we've had today. And I pray that if there's anything in our heart that we're doing to jockey for somebody else's position, that's not of you, because that's not of you, that you root it out, that you show us any comparison, any jealousy, any envy, any, any coveting, covetedness, because you say in your word, we should not covet. If we're coveting somebody else's spouse, somebody else's job, somebody else's life, Lord, I pray that we would realize today how blessed we are and start looking at the things that you've given us, the situation that we're in right now, that we'd praise you for the situation that we're in right now and for what you're about to do, and that we wouldn't jockey for position and we wouldn't do things to manipulate and we wouldn't do things to, to get out in the flesh, but we'd stay in the spirit. And I just thank you and I praise you for this, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you got something out of this today. You can visit our website, pastortodd.org. We're going to have a great new page up there, pastortodd.org, with everything that we're doing here at The Remnant. And we, of course, have the daily podcast, the weekly radio show, the weekly Sunday service, and so many more things we're doing with the RLC, the Religious Liberty Coalition. Thank you for tuning in. We bless you, and we'll be back tomorrow. God bless. I was baptized, cleansed from the demons that were killing my freedom. Let me lay it down, give me to you, get you singing, babe. Hallelujah.